Welcome to the Matt Watch That Podcast, the place for reviews, rants, and randomness. I'm your host, Matt Sarosky, filmmaker, film fan. Each episode, I'm going to watch a movie or TV pilot that I probably should have seen but never got around to. It could be a recent favorite, critic's choice, or cult classic. Everyone can join in on the fun. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Matt Sarosky. You can subscribe to my YouTube page where I'll post videos and clips from the show. If you have any opinions on what I've discussed or suggestions as to what I should see next, use the hashtag MattWatchThat on social. As a side note, the MattWatchThat podcast is off next week, but if you need a fix, subscribe to the MattForgotThat podcast, which will be all new. Before we start, I've been fortunate to meet a lot of celebrities. Most of the time, it's fairly random. On one trip out to L.A., I couldn't walk 20 feet without bumping into a famous actor or musician. And they love me, because I've never gotten head over heels for any celebrity. I was close once. I met Charlize Theron at JFK Airport a week after she won the Academy Award for Monster. My dad was with me, and after we noticed her, I said, should I ask for a picture? And he was like, yeah, go for it. So I walked over with my yellow disposable camera and introduced myself. I asked if I could take a picture with her, and she said, no. But what ended up happening is we had a conversation for about two minutes. I congratulated her on the Oscar win, and she told me she was flying back to South Africa to celebrate with her family. She asked me where I was headed and told her my friend had a film that was screening at a festival in Los Angeles. It was such a pleasant conversation, much better than a picture or an autograph. That's why I never ask a celebrity for them, and they end up relaxing and talking with me. But she couldn't have been sweeter or taller, so I said thank you and have a good flight. A couple of minutes later, she walked by me and my dad as she was headed toward the gate, and she said goodbye again and gave a little wave. But another celebrity who could not have been nicer was Mary Lou Henner. I went to see the Broadway musical Getting the Band Back Together, where she was playing the mother, at, um... I was just going to say at halftime, I mean at intermission, she was handing out Rice Krispie treats. I think it had something to do with the plot, but I ended up having a pleasant conversation with her. She's featured in this week's review. On to the main attraction. Each review will end with a ranking out of five stars. One star is Skip It, two stars Watch at Your Own Risk, three stars Standard Fair, four stars Worth Checking Out, and five stars must see. Now, if I give a title five stars, it doesn't mean I'm comparing it to Casablanca, Jaws, or Seinfeld. I rank titles based on other movies or series in that genre and at that time period. So let's jump into it. These are my ruminations and observations of the pilot episode for Taxi from 1978. So how'd I miss it? Well, I wasn't born, but that's no excuse. I can't tell you how many younger people use that in place of ignorance. I wasn't around for George Washington or the Beatles, but I'm pretty aware of their impact. Though, in my defense, I don't think Taxi was played in syndication on television the way other sitcoms of that time were. 
I remember watching Good Times, What's Happening, The Brady Bunch, Three's Company, One Day at a Time, All in the Family, in reruns on ABC, NBC, CBS, and TBS. But Taxi? Not so much. It was created by James L. Brooks, Stan Daniels, David Davis, and Ed Weinberger. They also co-wrote the pilot episode. It was directed by James Burroughs, who helmed episodes of Cheers, its spin-off Frasier, and Will and & Grace. He's won 11, yes, 11 Primetime Emmy Awards. This is something to look out for. Mary Lou Henner and Tony Danza would appear together in Cannonball Run 2. The episode begins with the dulcet tones of Louis De Palma. He's the dispatcher of the Sunshine Cab Company. He sits inside the cage on an elevated platform, shouting assignments to the drivers below. He's portrayed by Danny DeVito, known for Batman Returns, Matilda, The War of the Roses, and another TV series, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He's got the city accent down pat, having been born and raised just over the bridge in New Jersey. We're introduced to Tony Banta, a Vietnam veteran and prize fighter who has little success in the sport. He's got a butterfly bandage over his eye from another losing effort. He's played by Tony Danza from Angels in the Outfield, Crash, and Who's the Boss. In real life, he was also a boxer. Driver Alex Teeger arrives on the scene. He's acted by Judd Hirsch, who starred in Independence Day, Running on Empty, and was nominated for Best Actor in a Supporting Role for Ordinary People. Alex pretty much goes with the flow, an even-keel kind of guy. A passenger named John Burns rode back with him to the garage to pay because he didn't have any small bills. After they exchange money, John hangs around and discovers that the payphone is rigged, and you can make calls to anywhere for a mere quarter. Bobby Wheeler gets to the phone first. He calls the London Theatre and asks to speak with Sir Lawrence Olivier. He's a struggling actor who just got cast in Equus as the horse. He makes fun of Tony for not knowing the famous play, but I have to admit, I'd never heard it before Daniel Radcliffe joined the cast and showed his Harry Potter. Bobby is performed by Jeff Conaway of Grease and Babylon 5 fame. Alex says he was thinking of calling his daughter. He hasn't seen her in 15 years. This draws the ire of a new employee, Elaine Nardo, who says, It looks like her husband isn't the worst person. She's played by Mary Lou Henner, whose filmography includes Johnny Dangerously, Evening Shade, and Noises Off, which is based on a play and one of the funniest things I've ever seen on Broadway. Alex explains that his ex-wife Phyllis married a man from South America and moved the family to Rio de Janeiro. She told him that if he really loved his daughter, he wouldn't contact her, and he bought her narrative. Elaine encourages him to call his daughter. He finds out from his ex-wife that his daughter, Kathy, is moving to Portugal to attend college. She's making a transfer at the Miami International Airport. Alex, Tony, Bobby, Laka, and John, the cab passenger who's still there, go on a road trip to Florida to meet his daughter. Here's a quote without context. I'm not really a cab driver. I'm just waiting for something better to come along. You know, like death. Taxi was an enjoyable pilot. The episode introduces a lot of characters, but they gave enough information about each of them to get a sense of who they are and where their arcs are going. It reminded me a bit of Cheers in that the majority of the episode takes place in one location. I have to mention stand-up comedian Andy Kaufman, who plays mechanic Lotka Graves. He makes a brief appearance in the first episode and delivers his character's signature line, Thank you very much, twice to the delight of the audience. 
He had an infamous feud with professional wrestler Jerry the King Lawler, which culminated with an appearance on Late Night with David Letterman. It was all a work, but the audience didn't know that, and neither did David. He also wrestled in intergender matches with women, and proclaimed himself the first world intergender wrestling champion. The sense of humor ranged, depending on the character. Alex Teeger had deadpan deliveries, Louis De Palma had more crude humor, and Tony Banta was the butt of others' jokes. I thought it was funny when the passenger John was paying in change for the cab ride, and Alex says, no pennies. Even in the 70s, people didn't like that coin. Can we all agree to get rid of them? Why are we still carrying around these copper nuisance? Now for a little trivial trivia. Director James Burroughs and writers Glenn Charles and Les Charles quit this series to create Cheers. Bonus trivia. Talia Balsam is the actress who plays Kathy. She's the daughter of actor Martin Balsam, who's most famous for being juror number one in the movie Twelve Angry Men. The cinematography was captured by Edward E. Nugent, whose filmography includes The Bob Newhart Show and Laverne and Shirley. He was the camera operator on The Fugitive and The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet. It was edited by M. Pam Blumenthal, who worked on The Tracy Ullman Show, Cheers, and won five Primetime Emmy Awards for The Bob Newhart Show and Taxi. The score was composed by Bob James, who wrote the music for Serpico and Daniel. I thought it was brave of him to use the pan flute in the main theme. Not many requests for the pan flute, but once the Hammond organ comes in, it feels like a true funk song out of the 70s. The runtime is 24 minutes. It won 18 Primetime Emmy Awards, including three straight for Outstanding Comedy Series. I give it three and a half out of five stars. It was enjoyable, and I can see watching additional episodes, but would it be my first choice? Not so much. But it's still good entertainment. Taxi was on for five seasons, 114 episodes from 1978 to 1983. It aired on ABC for the first four seasons and picked up by NBC for the final season. If you've seen Taxi and have opinions on the series, let me know what you think using the hashtag MattWatchThat. Moving right along, each episode, I'm going to post clips that I think people should watch. It could be movie trailers, music videos, interviews, or something completely random. Search for my YouTube page and there will be a playlist called Matt Watch That Playback. Wrestling has always been a guilty pleasure. There's no other business like it. Part rock concert, part athletics, part soap opera, part performance art. I grew up during the 80s wrestling boom, the new generation, and the attitude era with the Monday Night Wars. But when ECW folded and WCW was sold, my interest waned mostly because the WWE got lazy. They didn't have any competition driving them, and the production became very generic. Part of that is because all of the wrestlers sound the same. Failed Hollywood writers who know nothing about the business are being hired to come up with goofy one-liners that would make a CBS sitcom flush with embarrassment. Now, WWE programming is treated like any other television drama or comedy. The words are meticulously written down by staff writers and memorized line by line by the wrestlers. But back in the day, wrestlers were allowed leeway in their promos. They had to hit certain points about their storyline or character. It was rarely scripted, and that created some pretty remarkable promos. It also created some pretty bad promos. So bad, it's good promos. 
hearing wrestler Sid Vicious say, you are only half the man that I am, and I have half the brain that you do, makes me smile on the worst days. And Jumpin' Jeff Farmer never did anything legendary in the ring, but he cut a promo so bad that wrestling fans talk about it to this day. So I've selected a few. I hope you enjoy. They're all available in the Matt Watch That Playback playlist on YouTube. Check it out. Now it's time for the recommendation. Yes, that's the word recommendation with Matt in the middle. I'm going to end each podcast with my own recommendation of a movie or TV series. Today I'm talking about The Princess Bride. This was a rare movie that I hadn't seen as a child, but has since become one of my favorites. I remember exactly where I was when I saw it for the first time. It was my parents' dining room. We were having a family game night. For the record, I'm not sure what we were playing, probably Taboo or Apples to Apples. But the subject of The Princess Bride came up, and I sheepishly admitted that I'd never seen it. My family responded with, Boo! Boo! I didn't get the reference. Then it turned into family movie night. I believe I had it on DVD. I was known for buying a lot of movies, even ones I hadn't seen. I can't pass up a bargain bin. I knew I was going to like this film when I heard the robotic version of Take Me Out to the Ball Game from the video game Hardball. That instantly brought back memories of childhood. But what's not to like about this movie? To quote the grandfather, It's got fencing, fighting, torture, revenge, giants, monsters, chases, escapes, true love, miracles. Also a memorable cast. Fred Savage, Peter Falk, Carrie Elways, Robin Wright, Chris Sarandon, Christopher Guest, Mandy Patankin, Wallace Shawn, and the hippopotamic landmass, eighth wonder of the world, Andre the Giant. It was written by THE William Goldman, based on his book. We might need a stinger for him, I mention that name a lot. Alphonse! Alphonse! Get on that one. The music was composed by Mark Knopfler best known as the lead guitarist and vocalist of Rock and Roll Hall of Famer's Dire Straits. It's really an amazing film. My family is such big fans that at my brother's wedding, the priest actually recited part of the Mowage speech. I'm not sure if there's a more quoted movie for us. Outside of one expletive, it's perfectly appropriate for the whole family. A genuinely funny film each and every time you watch it. It's the most fairy tale storybook movie ever made could not recommend enough. That's all for this edition of Matt Watch That. Thanks for listening to me babble. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Matt Sarosky. You can subscribe to my YouTube page where I'll post videos and clips from the show. If you have any opinions on what I've discussed or suggestions as to what movie or TV pilot I should see, use the hashtag MattWatchThat on social. Head over to MattSarosky.com for the latest news and updates, and come back next time for all the reviews, rants, and randomness. I wasn't around for Washington, D.C. Well, that's true, but not what I meant. It was created by James L. Brooks, Stan Derns, Stan Derns. What in my head interprets Daniels as Derns? He's the dispatcher of the sunshine. He's the dispatcher of the sunside. He's the dispatcher of the sunset. He's the dispatcher of the sunshine cable company. Wow.
He was the camera operator on The Fugitive and The Adventures of Ozziet and Harriet. Did I just say Ozziet? <laughs> I have to play that back. 